Please stand and join me for the call to worship. Break down the barriers that divide us, O Lord. Tear down the walls of hostility and fear. Melt the barbed wire of anger and hatred. Breathe new life into your people, O God. For we are called to newness in Christ Jesus. We are all brothers and sisters through God's love. Come, let us worship the God who removes obstacles from our paths. Let us praise God who seeks to unite us in peace. Amen.
be seated. And as you are, let me welcome you all to worship this morning here at Southside Baptist Church in the heart of Five Point South. Southside is a church in, in the heart of the city, building an inclusive community of grace first in this community and then beyond. And we welcome all who come to worship with us, opening our doors, but also as Christ would, opening our arms to receive every, any and all that would come, regardless of where you come from, what your past is, where you think you're going, whatever the case, we welcome you here today. We would like to um, welcome you properly by also having your, your name, if you will give us that, by filling out the guest registration and member registration tablet at the end of each pew. You'll see that. If you will fill that out, we'll have that, and we can at least follow up and let you know that we are delighted that you've been here today. We also would like to welcome you in the name of Christ by passing the peace of Christ. And so uh, I invite you to do so now to greet those close to you by letting them know that you're glad they're here and saying to them, may the peace of Christ be with you. Let me do that. Again, we do welcome all who are here. We also welcome those who may be worshiping with us via live stream. Some of our members who are no longer able to uh, attend um, here in person and physically, they are able to worship with us uh, by use of their computer. And so we are glad that, that you are, those who may be worshiping with us uh, through that means. I would invite you now to um, join me in prayer as we uh, offer ourselves before the Lord in this time of, of worship. Loving and almighty God in these moments of silence now as we focus our mind and hearts, spirit entirely upon you, we ask that what we do here would be pleasing in your sight, that all we do might bring honor and glory unto you. And that the words that are spoken be a testimony of the faith that we have in Jesus the Christ. Receive now our worship. In your name I pray. Amen.
first scripture lesson today is from the Psalter. It's the 43rd Psalm. This Psalm is actually one that goes with Psalm 42, but they certainly can be read separate from one another and do communicate the, um, the hopes of the one who is, um, who is praying or calling out to God. Vindicate me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. Rescue me from deceitful and wicked men. You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Send forth your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my joy and my delight. I will praise you with a harp, O God, my God. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Here ends our first lesson of scripture. Gospel reading is from the Gospel of Luke and the eighth chapter, and reading verse 26 through to 39. When they arrived at the country of the Gerizines, which is opposite Galilee, as he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of him. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion. For many demons had entered him, they begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there in the hillside, a large herd of swine were feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these, so he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. 
Then people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had, was possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. This is the word of the Lord. be seated. Good morning. How are we all today? We're missing uh, Mr. Martin today. Is he just taking a day off today? Okay. He's at home. We're glad you're here and you and you and there's something something happening this week I know that y'all are all excited about. Well at least some of you are already dressed for it right? You're, you're looking forward to Halloween right? When you get to go and you get all kinds of candy that you really don't need. But you need it, right, Millicent? You really do need it? You say you need it? What? I don't need it, but I want it. You want it. Okay. The story of all of our lives, things we don't need, but we want. Uh, but um, it is a fun time, too, isn't it? To go out and to, to take some time and to go with your friends and to, to trick-or-treat. And um, it's also a time that we have to be careful as we get out and do that. Next Sunday, we'll actually have all we'll – remember uh it'll be all souls day basically and we'll have a remembrance of those people who have gone before us so we celebrate that time of of all saints day and all souls day here so that we can remember those who've helped us know how we are to live out our faith but they too many of them had lots of fun with halloween and so we're i hope that you all go out and have a great time and that you don't get sick abby from eating all the candy okay <laughs> But I want to talk to you about something else today. We, you know, we, when I was your age, and that was a long, long time ago, in Sunday school and, and Sunday night, we, had to, we would go to church on Sunday night, and sometimes our teachers would let us play a little game called I Spy. Have you ever played that? Do you, can you tell me how you play it? How do you play it? You just look at it, and they try to guess, or you you give, you, you give them clues, right? And the clues of that you give sometimes are sometimes you can give clues that try to give make them miss it, right? Millicent, you you would probably do that, right? Yeah. I thought you might. Well, we would give clues, and and so we would look at those, and we would try to not to look directly at whatever it was that we would say, but I spy with my eye something, right? Something that's 
So what would you look around here and what would you see that you would say that about? Do you see something you spell? What? Well, <laughs> you weren't supposed to tell us what you spell. <laughs> did, you, did you win that game a lot? No. <laughs> okay. Well, it's a fun game to play because we keep it a secret. We say, I, with my eyes, buy something orange, and we have to figure out what that is. What might it be here? It could be the flowers. Her pants. <laughs> but I have to be honest, don't you? I have to tell you what it is that I spied. Right, Jack? I just have to be honest and tell you what it is. And that's what it was. Now, in the Bible, we have a lot of words there. And, and there's also words that help us understand what's written there. And even there are words that says, you know, that I pray that the Lord will give you the spirit of understanding or that your eyes would see and hear and understand. Some of us who've gotten older, especially, I don't think any of you wear glasses, do you? Some of you classmates do. And uh, some of us have to wear glasses now. And if we don't, we can't read what's in the Bible even. So we have to have help. And sometimes we use these kind of things. What are these? Just glasses? These are readers, yeah. Some people have to wear bifocals or trifocals and wear them all the time but we're able to see and understand what's written on the page but just because we read it doesn't mean we understand it does it we have to think about it we have to let it speak to us and touch our hearts and help us to understand it we know what when it says that God is love we know what that means but if we think about it and really think about it it might help us we might understand more about it and even more as we get older. So when we think about what we can see and what we can read and we get an idea of what the Bible is saying to us and we think about it and let the spirit of Christ teach us and help us understand it, we can gain great knowledge about what life is and what God intends for us. So as you, as you think about this week and all the excitement you'll have, you also have the opportunity to, to think about how all this fits into where you are as young ladies and young men and what God is saying to you as you live every day and as you read the Bible, hopefully, and that God would help you to understand more, even what you read, but also what you hear people say to you. So today as we remember as we will be celebrating All Souls next week, we want to remember today that God is with us and teaches us through his spirit to understand his word and to understand through prayer what he has for us to know and to do. And in the process, we can have a discovery just as it is when you were playing that game and all of a sudden you realized what the friend was had spied and they had, they had been holding that information from you, all of a sudden it was made, figured it out, and you were excited to know. So we'll pray that God will continue to teach us in all things, okay? Let's bow together. Lord, we thank you for the knowledge we have that you have given us, but also the knowledge that comes through reading and your word from allow, allowing it to be um, written upon our hearts, to memorize it, 
but also to know that your spirit will teach us and help us understand it. Bless these young people today. May you guide them, and may they seek a greater and deeper understanding day by day. In your name I pray. with me in prayer this morning and as I lead us in our intercessory prayers I invite you to join in a prayer response of Lord in your mercy hear our prayer loving God we bring you our prayers this morning for our congregation for our community we give thanks for those in our lives who bring us such joy peace love and wisdom we pray for those who are ill at this time recovering from operations, lonely, depressed, or in any way troubled. We name them before you, those whom we love and whose people, whose situations we would like to offer particular prayers today. Lord, in your mercy. We offer prayers for those who are often perceived to be at the margins, those in poverty, those who are homeless, those with disability, those with mental health issues, those oppressed because of various reasons, those looked down upon, those who are different. We pray that you would remind us always that your love encompasses everyone whom we meet. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for those who give their life over to serving their communities in healthcare, social work, in government, and in many other ways, often unappreciated. We pray for those who fight to make society better for everyone, who stand up, who stand up against any oppressive policies, working for the common good. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all the different congregations who will worship in this building today, this morning, and this evening. Grant all of them a sense of your spirit and bless what they do in your name. Help us always to see our mission as partnering with others who worship you and serve you and who seek to reach out to people in need. Lord, hear all our prayers, offered in the name of our Savior who taught us to pray and to say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom.
encountering Jesus can be frightening. It's never straightforward. And I just imagine that as I've read this passage of scripture this morning from Luke's gospel, you come from Alabama, you like barbecue, you're wondering, surely there's a better way to deal with all these pigs than to send them in to the Sea of Galilee. Means trying to work out the message of Jesus is not always straightforward. The story is set within a broader context of Jesus' ministry. The very beginning of Luke chapter 8, we read about those women who followed Jesus and ministered to him and supported him financially, among whom was Mary Magdalene, from whom seven demons had been cast out. The incident we read comes immediately after another incident where Jesus is on the Sea of Galilee with his disciples and a storm breaks out and the disciples are terrified. And we read that Jesus casts out their fear. And now he comes and discovers a man who has lived by being oppressed by powerful forces that have left him dehumanized. The stories all tie together in Luke's mind, casting out demons, casting out fear, bringing wholeness into people's lives. The demons confront Jesus in a variety of different ways in the way in which they oppress this particular man. They cause self-destructive behavior in the victim. The victim feels trapped in that condition and they separate the victim from normal living. He doesn't live in the town. He doesn't sit down. He's naked, he's chained, he runs wild. The particular story all happens in an area called Decapolis in Galilee, specifically in Gariza, one of the largest and best known towns of that area, about 35 miles from the lake. The incident of this man being tossed around in the storms of life comes immediately after Jesus has calmed the storm on the sea, prompting his awe-stricken disciples to ask the question, who is this then that he commands even the winds and the water and they obey him? They're still frightened. They're not frightened of the waves now. They're a little bit frightened about who Jesus is. And that comes up again later in the story. This demon-possessed man has been cut off from family and friends, from society. He didn't live as a member of the community in a home, but he lived in the tombs probably caves that were used for burial places. Ancient tombs could be fairly elaborate structures and they would have provided spacious accommodation for this man, but the tombs were thought to be ritually unclean by Jews and so a Jew would never have entered into them. So it was a fitting home, you might say, for somebody who was possessed by demons. But he hadn't chosen to go there. The scriptures tell us that he was driven by the demons into the wilds. In other words, he was living a living death. His life was no, he was no longer in control of anything that happened to him. Naked, so overcome by violent impulses who couldn't be restrained, even though with chains and lead shackles they tried. Excluded from the city, nobody wanted him around living amongst the tombs, he was manifesting all the symptoms in which the ancient world would conclude that evil spirits were involved in his life. When he sees Jesus, he recognizes him and begs Jesus not to torture him. That's what he's frightened of. But Jesus sets him free and brings him healing. 
When Jesus asks the question, who are you? You're never quite sure who answers. Is it the man or is it the demons? He seems to have lost the sense of his identity. What is clear is that Jesus will not allow these evil spirits to keep on tormenting the man. And so he asks the question, who are you? And probably the demons say, we're legion, legion. Luke's very deliberate in using this particular phrase. There's only one meaning that the word would have in that context of Roman occupation, because it was a unit of perhaps 6,000 Roman soldiers, the occupying army. Suddenly, an exorcism takes on social and political ramifications. Luke's word choices in this story are, are quite remarkable. He uses, for example, uh, a verb about the demons seizing the man. It's the same word, verb, that Luke uses in the second part of his gospel, the Acts of the Apostles, to speak about how Christians are arrested, come under the oppressive control of political forces. And the word that he uses for hand and foot chains is the word of binding up somebody like Paul in prison in Philippi. In short, Luke is telling the story of this man who's bound, of this man who has been seized, seized by oppressive forces, and is applying it in a much wider context to his readers who are listening to him. Furthermore, the region of the Gerasenes experienced later on a horrifying historical event. Remember that Luke is writing about this story of Jesus years after it happened. So he's aware of the fact that those who are hearing the story, reading it, will know about later incidents that have taken place here. We know in the late 60s, for example, during the Jewish revolt, that Roman General Vespasian sent soldiers to retake Garissa. And thousands of young men were killed and buried and put into the caves. Luke may well be assuming that those who read and hear know not only what happened to this man as he was set free, but know in which the situation that people were living in, in the circumstances of life at the end of the first century. In other words, Jesus is broadening the understanding we might have of this story, of helping us to understand that he's referring to oppressive powers that take a sense of the reality of life and freedom and being able to live a full life and give it wider application. And then we have the pig keepers. <laughs> Readers of the gospel are meant, because they will read later on in the gospel, a connection between this story and another story about pigs. Do you remember it? The prodigal son who goes away into the far country, who makes a mess of his life, spends all his that he has, and ends up working with the pigs. In the context of Judaism, the lowest of the lowest of all occupations that somebody might have. The pig keepers are frightened also. Fear place makes a, a dominant place, takes a dominant place in all these stories in Luke chapter eight. The pig keepers witness what's happening and they return to the city and they say, we must get rid of Jesus. He's cast out the demons. We must cast him out of our city. Freedom sometimes is too dangerous. 
too costly. Though Legion has been expelled from the demoniac, the memory of Legion still controls the community. The Gerasenes beg Jesus to leave them. Jesus does go away, as they have asked, but not before commanding the man to go in his place into the city and tell the people all that he has done for them. And so the end of the story has this man telling all the good news of what Jesus has done. Jesus brings liberty. Jesus brings hope. Jesus brings life into people's situation. But in certain situations where Jesus is working, where the good news of the gospel is liberating people from the forces of oppression, there are always some who don't like it. You can understand the pig keepers, they've lost, they've lost a lot of pigs. <laughs> and we who live in an age of being concerned about animals are rightly concerned about what happens, has happened to them. There's a later story in Luke's gospel, chapter 16. Paul goes to Philippi. He casts out a demon from a slave girl, a slave girl who was making a lot of money for her owners. In both situations, fear and a sense of economic loss make people ask Jesus and compel Paul to leave the city. The Gerizim people are not praising God that a man has been healed. They are counting the cost and find it too much. Powerful economic forces are fighting against the story of the love and the hope of God. The ministry of Jesus was one of demonstrating love, compassion, gentleness, power, and hope. God at work in people's lives. But at the same time, there's an inescapable element of otherness about him that left people uncomfortable. Fear and not being willing to count the cost of discipleship meant that the folk in the city asked Jesus to leave. They don't want what he is offering them. You can hardly believe that people don't want what Jesus offers. He offers liberation. He offers forgiveness. He offers a new start. He offers wholeness. He offers hope. But some people don't want it. Many people in our world are haunted by a traumatic past, tortured by memories. And many people live unsheltered, inadequately clothed because of social and economic forces they cannot overcome, however much they struggle. How many are imprisoned, regarded as barely human, excluded, cast out? Many are enslaved by addictions, no longer knowing where the addiction ends and their own selves begin. How many are oppressed? Jesus came to preach good news to the poor, according to Luke chapter 4, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus comes and casts out every power that prevents us from fully living and fully being the human beings that we are meant to be. One of the most remarkable aspects of this story is when we read that they came and they saw the man and found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. 
sitting, no longer frenzied, no longer without control, clothed, no longer naked, sitting in his right mind. And they were afraid. Many of us resist the good news of what God can do in people's lives. Many of us who are Christians resist the call of Jesus to us to ensure that God can work through us within our world today, bringing hope and healing to people who are in need. The story ends in this beautiful way. We read of the man not only being in his right mind, clothed, but of the community listening to what he's saying about all the good things that God has done. God can do that through Jesus. And God can still work miracles through the preaching of the good news of the love of God and the hope of God that we can offer. In the presence and the power of Jesus, we can make a difference, even casting out the forces that oppress us in 2019. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depth of peace, when fears are stilled, when striving cease. My comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. Let's stand and conclude our worship with that hymn number 569, In Christ Alone.
please bow your heads. Father, we are here at this time to give back to you our tithes and offerings. Father, you have given us so much. And we ask for your forgiveness for our tendency to think only about the things we don't have and the things we want instead of the bounty that you have given us already. We have shelter, we have clothing, we have family, friends, we have this church, we have your love, but we think of other things that we want. Father, please take our tithes and offerings at this time to further your kingdom and to assist this church with its mission. Amen.
loving Lord, we present these tithes and offerings to you. We come humbly presenting them, asking, Lord, that you might bless them and that we might use them for your kingdom's work here in this community and beyond. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Can we see you for just a moment, please? Let me uh, welcome those who are our guests today. We are glad that you're here and uh, want to extend that welcome to you. And if you'll give us an opportunity, we have some refreshments there in the narthex that we will uh, offer to you right after worship. And members, you're welcome to stay for that as well, of course, uh, to have that time of fellowship there. This week, we have our uh, normal activities that will be going on, uh, both on um, each of the weekdays. Uh, and then, of course, on Wednesday and Thursday, uh, evenings, the special services then. I wanted to, to also call to your attention that this uh, past Friday evening, we had the UAB uh, concert choir and gospel choir and chamber choir that were all here in the sanctuary. And anyway, the sanctuary was full and they offered up some wonderful music as they uh, sang and lifted their voices and used those God-given gifts. So thank you all for providing that for us. And also for those of you who are here with us, in our um, sanctuary each week. We appreciate it greatly. Also, as we um, go out into the world, we do so with a, a sense of God's going with us and preparing the way for us. May we receive the benediction. May the Lord who liberates us from all forces give us peace, joy, and hope every day of this coming week. 